You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 370, brought to you by Mandroid, Chris Hardwick's new comedy special available on CD and DVD free from Comedy Central, and by iFanboy listeners like you. iFanboy Pick of the Week Podcast, episode 370. I am Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Josh. Hello. Hello. And for the last time as a regular co-host, <laughs> Ron Richards. Well, hello. Hi. Hello, Gil. Hello. <laughs> this is how I'm going to go out, doing the Muppets Take Manhattan bits. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ocean breeze soap for people who don't want to stink. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. iFanboy.com is our website, and believe it or not, it's about comics. Although it might be changing soon. Who knows? Uh, we like comic books. We read them. Every week we read a bunch of them. One of us has the job of making the pick of the week, which is the best book that they read that week. They read a review of it. It goes on the website. And then we come here to talk about it on this podcast, sometimes to never do it again. Sometimes. Uh, maybe just this one time. Before we get going... There's a whole lot of before we get going, actually. First of all, there'll be spoilers. We'll be talking about the books that came out this week. So if you haven't read them, we could spoil them for you. Uh, also, we're broadcasting live uh, right now as we record this on the Internet. So uh, it may have a, a different feel than a regular show. And thirdly, uh, as I alluded to moments ago, uh, Ron's gone after now. And so who knows what could happen now. We'll, we'll talk about it at the end a little bit more eloquently. No. <laughs> no, not more eloquently. I, I, I'm pretty sure that covers it. Okay. <laughs> Ron's gone. Period. It's it's an unceremonial exit. It's just basically just you know don't let the door hit me on the way out and that sort of thing. No. It's fine if it hits you. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if you are so inclined, you can go to YouTube.com/slash/ifanboy and you can watch this whole train wreck unedited, um, uh, unlike the nice edit of the audio podcast which you're listening to right now. So nice can edit. I start? Can I start now? Ron well, Ron had the pick. See how we re- we arranged that to work out. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't actually arrange it. It just kind of fell like that. It was all right. That's but true. yes, so after 12 years of doing iFanboy.com and every third or so Wednesday doing a uh, pick of the week review, uh, it was time to do my last pick of the week review. And um, if you go to iFanboy.com, you can read my, my review and, and read what I wrote about it. But I, as, I was looking at, as, as I was looking at the shipping list on Monday – as I, my process has been to see what books are coming out. And then I kind of say, Oh, well that one could be a pick of the week contender. That one might be, you know, I kind of whittle my list down, you know, cause not everything, let's be honest, not everything's pick of the week contender. But I was like, you know, I really hope this week features some of my favorite creators. And I start scrolling through the list and I see Darwin cook, Mike Norton, Jeff Johns, <laughs> um, uh, Well, hang on, we'll get to it. Uh, (laughs) Jason Aaron, Rick Remender, John Lehman, Rob Guillory, Jonathan Hickman, Jerome Opeña, Mike Allred, just like name after name. Have you not hung out with any of those people? Um, 
No. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but no, but that has nothing to do with it. I mean, we've been we've been very lucky to be able to interview a lot of these creators and talk to them and hang out with them and stuff like that. But you know, regardless of that, the the basis of it was that I mean, we were raving about Darwin Cook before we ever even said oh, hello. Absolutely, you know, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. So don't going don't, back to New Frontier, but no one knew who he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, needless to say, this was a very, very difficult, very, very difficult pick. Um, but, uh, I felt it was kind of apropos or it was a nice way things fell out that at the end of reading all my comics, I, um, felt that young Avengers really was the standout pick of the week. And it couldn't have been nicer that it was, uh, by written by Kieran Gillen, drawn by Jamie McKelvey, um, and Mike Norton and colors by Matt Wilson. And was it a hard choice, Ron? Because this was basically a book made for you. I was going to say. It, it was, but no, but it was a hard choice because we're going to talk about other books. But like, you know, there were other books this week where I'm like, damn, this is really good. Damn, this is really good. But like, but the, ultimately, kissing. ultimately, Young Avengers, Young Avengers struck out to me. And here, and here was the observation I had, the kind of aha moment, and kind of what you know, what kind of put it over the top for me, um, is that this is a book that features creators that were not around when we started iFanboy. Okay, uh, Kieran and Jamie kind of burst on the scene in the mid 2000s. Um, it features characters that were not around when we started doing iFanboy, um, much less characters that weren't around with the exception of, of Marvel Boy or Novar um, that weren't around when Kieran and Jamie started doing comics in the mid-2000s. Um, and if you ask me, the promise of Marvel now and what Marvel Comics said that we're going to take a cinematic approach to the comics and they're going to look different and stuff like that, and Young Avengers has encompassed that more, I think, than any other book that came out um, so far from uh, from Marvel with the whole Marvel Now initiative. So really, what I as I you know the as I get ready to exit from my fanboy and move on to this publishing side of the world, um, I'm hopeful for the future of comics because here are new young creators doing new young characters um, in a progressive manner, and it gives me hope for the future of superhero comic books if this is like this. Now that said. I really hope this lasts more than ten issues. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, what's funny about this 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 book is that it it really is the phonogram feeling in a Marvel comic. I mean, Jamie yep. McKelvey and Kieran Gillen have worked together before, but to me, this was the most the closest we've gotten to phonogram. And phonogram was the image series that Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey did together. They did two series of it. Uh, we the second one we loved a lot. That they really got that feeling of being young. There's a there's a heavy musical influence. There's a heavy modern. It feels very modern. Yeah. The characters look modern. It, it feels very hip. The two page spread where it says I have no powers and not nearly enough training, but I'm doing this That's... anyway. Being a superhero is amazing. Everyone should try it. Was the best two page spread, hands down, in, and, in a while. And and that's the thing. And like actually, my thought about that was as I was reading it. My thought was like, oh man, if this whole comic book is like this, then then this is going to be amazing. And I was a little uh, with a little criticism. I was a little disappointed that, with with the exception of a couple other uh, double page spreads, mainly the one with uh, Kid Loki and um, and Wiccan, um, like the kind of the three uh, the three timelines that are happening towards the end. Like it's got to keep up this inventive way of doing layouts in order to keep this momentum. But yeah, Connor, you're totally right. I mean, it's you know, it's it's got that youthful energy. It's got that teen hero kind of approach. And what's even better is that if you don't see the improvement on both Kieran and Jamie's work from that first phonogram series six years ago to now, I mean, like there was the page of um, Matt Hulk Wilson. 
Yeah, and Matt Wilson too. The page of Hulkling cover, uh, hugging his mom or what he thinks is his mom. Yeah. Like I was just like, oh man, that I mean that like Jamie just killed it on that, you know. And, so and, the story of this yeah. book is that it's uh, some of the some of the young Avengers, the old the original team, the Hulkling and and uh, what's his name? Wicked, Wicked. Wicked. Yep. And Kate Bishop, and then a couple of new new people to this book, uh, Novar and Miss America, Miss New Miss America. Uh, and, Kid, and Loki. Kid Loki coming together, uh, they all have their separate storylines. They haven't merged yet, but they eventually, of course, they will. Uh, so it basically looks into their different lives. And I love Kate Bishop and Novar having the one night stand on the satellite. Yeah. Uh, I loved really uh, the the main story, which was which was Hulkling and Wiccan. Yep. And then a little bit of of Miss Miss America. Yeah, Miss America. Um, and then a little bit of Kid Loki. This was great. The art was great from McKelvey and, and Mike Norton, we should mention, who does the backgrounds. Um, just this, I loved everything about this. Every minute of this book, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And, and, and it totally, like I said, it encompasses everything I want from the future of superhero comics, you know, in terms of that energy, in terms of the new characters. You know, I love the fact that, you know, for years, young, and it's funny because like six years ago, Young Avengers was one of our favorite new things because it was, you know, it was these new characters carrying on the legacy, but it's something, you know, new and youthful. Um, and because of all the politics and all the crap and Alan Heinberg and all that stuff, it got put on the shelf and, and it was squandered. And it's great that now those, you know, that those restrictions are gone and you can put a dedicated creative team that is at the top of their game as of right now and tell some great stories. Um, you, know what, you know what I love this? I knew I'd love this book and it wasn't the two page spread as great as it was. The, see, the book opens with Kate Bishop waking up after a night with Novar and discovering she's on a satellite Then a great two page spread. And then the title page, it says, what Novar was playing, because he puts a record on and says, Be My yep. Baby, Weather on that. That's when I knew this was going to be phonogram in the Marvel Universe. And I'm, yeah, totally. I'm, I love phonogram, and I'm psyched about this. And Kieran's even posted the, the, the playlist of each character and, and, and that tie into it. It's great. And honestly, it kind of, and as I, I talked to both Kieran and Jamie today, it, 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 I, I really can't wait to help sell phonogram while I'm at it. It's like, <laughs> like they've got to finish that, that, that third series because it's going to be a lot of fun. Because if, it, if this is any indication of what it might be, it's just going to be something really, really special. Um, there is some level of magic when these two guys work together um, and when, they're, when it clicks. And this clicks louder, I think, than anything they've done yet. So, no, Josh, uh, Josh, you didn't love phonogram as much as Ron and I did, right? No, not really. What did you think of this? I really liked this, and I, I, I also thought as I read it, I was like, well, this is what Ron will pick. Yeah. <laughs> and I was right. Uh, I really liked it. I really enjoy uh, these characters. I really liked Young Avengers very much. Um, I, thought, I thought it looked really good. Uh, you guys said a lot of the things, I think. But uh, I thought it was really interesting that it still feels like they're, however many years later after this and however many years after the authority, like they still had the two characters kiss and I was like bold. And I was like, that shouldn't feel bold anymore. That's a, that's messed up. But it still kind but, of is. No, I know it is. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's not a criticism of the book. It's more. Well, the, what, what, what I liked about it is that it, it's not gratuitous. It's just, it's just a fact. It's just what it is. Sure. It's just, it's a yeah. positive, it's a positive, you know, couple that happens to be gay and that's, that's the way it should be. And so, yeah, no, know. no. And that, that's fine. It's just, it's interesting. It's still, it's still so out of place. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it's so uh, not normalized or anything. But I thought, you know, obviously it's handled really well. There's no, there's no question that that you know these these folks are the right ones to handle it. I was, it was, it was good. Uh, yeah. I liked, uh, I liked that it, it, they did, they felt like the same characters. Um, and we've read other stories with these characters where they didn't necessarily. Yep. But 
but uh, that felt like Hulkling and Wicked from from yeah. Alan Heinberg's story exactly, and I thought that was really cool because I don't think that and and it brought me back like like Hulkling's mother came back and I didn't remember that story until she showed up. I was like, oh right, he lived with his mom. Like I just right. I hadn't read those in such a long time. Yep. Um, it was a good time. Um, what what I some of the little highlights of things that I liked in it were um, uh, the fact that you can tell McKelvey has gotten so much better when you can make Spider Man emote with a facial expression through <laughs> that mask, and he totally did when Hulkling was yeah, pretending yeah. to be Spider Man, and then he goes secondary mutation, and like <laughs> you know, like it, it and it totally works. And uh, Wiccan's new um, uh, haircut, modern haircut, looks great, and just little the little touches and the little things that he does um, may you know remind. Mind, you know, kind of reminded me. It's been a while since we've seen the last thing he did was Defenders, and it's been a few months since an issue that came out. It reminds me of why, you know, Jamie is one of my favorite artists working right now, period. And and the the page after page of this proved why, and it just shows how much, you know, how much of a great artist he's become. So These, these two guys are perfect for this book. I mean, if you yeah, talk no. about a, a creative team that should handle the Young Avengers, yeah. I feel like these two guys, and, and Norton too, we shouldn't forget, uh, really have their pulse on the young generation. It's, listen, it's not modern. that Norton can't do his own book. It's that he did three others this week. Right. Exactly, well, yeah, yeah. What, what's, fun, what's funny is that I've talked to Mike and I've talked to Jamie about their work process, and we posted uh, – Jamie posted kind of a showing kind of what he does on his Tumblr, what he does, and then how Mike adds to it. And we posted it up on iFanboy. You can check it out. But, like, they're having a great time working together. Like, they, they're those are two guys who actually are friends and they like each other's works. And – um. And Mike actually enjoys doing that, like that work. Yeah. Like so, you know. So it's I love like, rubble. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I don't just know if love it. There'd yeah, be but, a um, building back there, like a fence. It's, I'll it's draw a, a fence. Horses and horses <laughs> too. Um, it's an interesting thing, though, that with um, uh, this issue is the first comic book that I've ever gone and chased the variant cover. And yeah, I got, the I got variant a, cover. Yeah, I got I got one of the um, Brian Lee O'Malley. Uh, Young Avengers variants, um, luckily enough. So, uh, so I uh, that's the first variant that I'm like, ooh, I want that for my collection. So, and people in the chat room were talking about uh, delays on the art, but the reason why Norton and McCovey work together is because it allows them to to put out a lot of material quickly. So there shouldn't yeah. be a problem with delays on this book. Yeah. Which brings us to triple shipping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be a weekly book. Yeah. yeah. It'll buy. It'll be uh, double weekly. <laughs> oh no! But I was I was happy you picked this run. I was I was very uh, happy reading it. I was very excited to read it. Yeah, and 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 we joke about it and say how this was a no brainer. And going into it, I it was a strong contender. But honestly, like I I said, listen, I got to give a lot of books. You know, I got to I got to do I got to do it right, and I got to give them their due and give them their opportunity. And there were a lot of uh, it was a really good week of books. It was really really good. Um, and that leads into the next book, which is uh, the next number one for Marvel now with Uncanny X-Force with Sam Humphreys and Ron Garney taking the mantle from Remender and Phil Noto and Opania and Ribic and all the other guys they worked with with the new take on uh, Uncanny X-Force. And I got I to gotta admit, this impressed me. I didn't quite know what to expect, but I dug it. I didn't read it. Okay, um, I'm halfway through the fourth trade, so I didn't read it. Yeah, so the 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 new team, as it were, um, features is kind of it's kind of built around Psylocke and Storm, and um, it's also going to feature Lady Phantom X, who's known as uh, Cluster and Spiral, and um, as well as Puck from Alpha Flight, and um, it just has. It has an an edge, and while Rick's Uncanny X-Force had that edge because they were the mutant hit squad, the team that kills, that sort of thing, Sam's team has a different kind of edge. 
Um, and his approach to it was really, and it picks up right where, you know, Remender handed him the ball and he picked, picked it right up. It's Psylocke dealing with it, um, dealing with what happened in X-Force. Because of that, she can't, she tried going to Wolverine school and, and we get a little flashback where Wolverine tells her it's not working out and she can't teach. So she gets kicked out of the school and she's angry and she's pissed. And so she and Storm get a message to go uh, meet Puck in LA and Puck gets pulled into it and Puck is... You know, if you've read Alpha Flight, you've read Puck. You know, he's a great character, and Sam has the voice down pat. And um, something's going on with Spiral, and Spiral's got a connection to Mojo, a Mojo world. And it just shows, like, it, and similar to Young Avengers, it is a modern, kind of exciting, takes place in LA. It's just a different flavor of a Marvel book. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And Ron Garney, some of the best Ron Garney I've seen in a while. I like, love you know, Ron how, Garney. I, lo- I do love Ron Garney. Remember how he was doing. Um, more scratchy kind of rough kind of work when he was yep. with Jason Aaron and Wolverine. Yep. Uh, not like this at all. Clean, clean lines. Um, I think uh, Danny Miki's inking him possibly. Um, and that, yeah. So um, let me verify that. It's, I mean, there's a lot. My yes. problem and the reason why I didn't read this book and normally I probably would have otherwise is that there are a lot of books and <laughs> in general, in general, and there's a lot of Marvel now books and there's a lot of good Marvel now books and, this feels to me like a second tier book, and it has nothing to do with the creative team. The creative team is both really good. Yeah, it's just that I've got a lot of Marvel books now. Uh, honestly, and, and honestly, Connor, I would I would advise you this weekend to get to, to check it out, give it a taste, check it out because, like, honestly, I think this might be one that 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 has that that potential to be to break from the pack to be one that people need to be reading. And I understand that, but I also had like a lot of books this week. I mean, I, I, I just I didn't I just didn't get it, but I, well, I, I, I understand that. It's not my fault. It's just reading. It's your fault. Listen, did I say have, it was your fault? Oh my god! We oh all my have god. to. Is this happening now? This is we all have. Is this out happening out. now? I'm coming out in the wash. All I'm saying is that we all poop. There's time to read a comic. Come on, you know, know. on if your. You, on, if you poop that much, then you have other problems besides take, Uncanny X Force. On your on your your Saturday morning constitutional, take 20 minutes and just relax and just you know and just open the window and is just. Is someone going to just deliver the book to me? Is that what's going to happen? <laughs> um, we can make that happen. I'm looking, we can uh, make that. We can make that happen. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't read it. Oh, Justice League number 16. I really did enjoy quite a bit. I think. This uh, storyline, the Throne of Atlantis storyline, is really good. I am disheartened to know that orders dropped a whole lot when the book changed from Jim Lee to Ivan Reese. I mean, I understand why, but uh, I think Ivan Reese is a superstar in his own right, and it's too bad to see that. I could not disagree with you more. You hated and, it. No, I didn't hate it. I'm frustrated. Well, I loved by it, it. So, well, I'm frustrated by it because here's the problem. Yep. And I like Ivan Reese, and I think that's I, I agree with you that that the 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 move from Jim Lee to Ivan Reese was an upgrade, and people who are dropping it are are making the wrong decision. Um, my problem with it is I'm sick and tired of these characters fighting one another. It okay. just seems like 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 this Justice League like enough like unite, be the heroes that we know you are, and be the heroes that we can get behind. Then the Don't. Over constantly bicker no it's not over because if you go back to the if you ask me the the greatest justice league of my time of my time of reading comics was um grant morrison's run and that was the justice league together and they're fucking badass and they they kick ass and take names and that's what the justice league should be all this infighting and them fighting aquaman and all this kind of stuff like enough they didn't really fight aquaman i mean they They fought aquaman half the issue no, not really. He was just kind of telling them not. I mean, it was more like arguing. It wasn't really they were yeah. they weren't fighting each other. Well, so yeah, much. bickering. Fighting yeah. the Atlanteans, but yeah. 
I like that finally, finally, finally it took 16 issues for Cyborg to do something. I mean, I've had no problem with Cyborg being on the team, but finally he's actually doing something. He hasn't done anything he's been useless for a year and a half. Yeah. Now he finally is in, the, in his story doing something of usefulness to the story. I still love that they use boom tubes to get around. I yeah. love that they appropriated the technology from Darkseid. I loved the call to arms at the end. It was very much similar to the Avengers in that yep. you know, the primary team was screwed, so they called up the bigger team. So you've got you know, Green Arrow and Shazam and Black Lightning and Vixen Satana, Black Canary, Firestorm, all these, Hawkman, all these people are going to come in. I like that a lot. I mean, I, I do like the stakes of the story. The Atlanteans are invading, and they need a big team to fight them. Yep. Uh, and, uh, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And I still lament the fact that that Shazam series has been relegated to a backup, and it should be. But we know uh, why, though. It's it's. I know. Now that you're in publishing, Ron, you need to understand why things work. Oh, I I know. know You don't know how it works. The thing that's going to suck is why he's going to keep calling me and saying dumb shit like that. (laughs) I do like this story, though. I think that this is some of uh, Gary Frank's best work in the backup. Um, I do like that Captain Marvel's utterly unprepared for Black Black Adam. And he, but he thinks he is because he's a kid with these powers, and he steps up to him and just gets knocked down. Yeah, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. I think eventually, whenever they, however they collect this back up, it's going to be a great story. Yeah. All so. right. I agree with you on the backup. I do like the backup. So. Will you agree with me that Wolverine the X Men was was utterly fantastic? Of course, it always is. It's 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 Wolverine the X Men has moved into that consistency realm where it's just always fantastic. Wolverine the X Men twenty twenty four was. I have a, I have a comment. Oh, Josh is on the show. I forgot. I also believe it was fantastic. Yeah. Also, this is that issue where uh, they take a break, they take a breather, everybody gets to hang out. These are my favorite all-time issues in comics, is the ones between the giant arcs is where they get to learn about the characters and just sort of hang out with them. And this was the love or date issue where, where Kitty and, and Bobby go on their date and, and Storm and Wolverine do their thing and... And Quentin Quire and out of nowhere Jean Grey, awesome, um, start awesome. flirting. And uh, this was this was also the issue that tied together the entire Marvel universe because he met, he managed to reference about six different other books in this uh, issue. But I love which is which is how it should be. That's that's the great thing. I mean, like it, when the when the books are in sync and you know what's going on in them, and and like as an X Men fan, seeing Jean Grey pop up in this book is awesome because the, you know the, those sixties X Men are there at the school. They totally should be. Um, yep. Yeah, no, I love this issue. David Lopez, I love David Lopez. Um, I, I, I thought he was a great fill-in artist on this one. Um, it was okay. I didn't, I, I didn't think he was going to be great, but then I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's how I. That's how I felt about the pa- it. The, this page with the um, with Wolverine slashing through Kitty and Bobby story. That was like, a great thought, page. Yeah, yeah, that was a great page. Yeah, there was a couple of really great moments. The Storm Wolverine kiss was great. I thought um, there was humping in the showers in this issue. That's there awesome. Was, there was humping in the showers. I gotta admit the 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 this goes back to X Men. Oh, what issue was it? Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not gonna know the answer. The uh, you can just Jim, make one up. The Jim Lee issue with Steve. Steamy shower, steamy shower scene with uh, Psylocke coming out of the shower talking to Jean Grey, the pinnacle of my adolescence. Well, that's like Jim Lee time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah so, great. so did he give her a haircut, and that's like their thing? Well, it's really sexy when a woman shaves you. So I imagine when you shave a woman, <laughs> we're, we're getting we're getting into strange, um, strange territory here. I gotta admit, though, if you when a man shaves a woman. If, if you look at if if you look at it if you look at it her hair is all flowing upwards then we get the snicked and then she is perfectly shaved it's, uh, it, on her head here. Well, it's theoretically like he's he's very adept with those claws if he's had a hundred years to deal with these uh, yeah, yeah. claws so 
Yeah, I, this is this clearly isn't the first woman he shaved of the claws. So no, yeah. no. Why? Why would it have been? Mess, yeah. yeah. You know, we should mention by this at this point too that we haven't mentioned before is that Ron and I are drinking. Yes. So uh, if we get into the realm of shaving or poop, it's because because <laughs> we're, we're loaded. Ron, what, what are you drinking? <laughs> I am drinking a uh, seven and seven. Mike's right, signature I, drink. I'm drinking a very nice Chilean wine. Nice. I'm about right. well, a that's... bottle and a half in. Listen to you, Chilean so, wine. Uh, well, um, but the thing about great, great cliffhanger too. I loved everything Sorry. about this, this issue. No, but my only my, and wine. My only my only frustration about this issue is the fact that um, so Kitty and Bobby not happening now. What's up? Jason mm. said on Twitter today. This was just the beginning of them. This All is right, like good. that. This is like that BS that she's trying to pull at the end. Of, she's like, no, let's let's not do this again. Right. But she's gonna she's gonna feel she's intrigued. Oh, I've heard that before. Oh, this is wrong. <laughs> Let's not do this. We really yeah. shouldn't. No. It makes it hot for her. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm being sexist. I think, I, think, I think these issues need to happen every, you know, 10 or so. I think every you need 10 that, or so. Yeah, that's the right. That, yeah, that yeah. compression issue. It's the, it's the softball and the park issue. It's the Listen. one where you just sort of hang out with the team. I've got words. Speaking of softball, I've got words with Jason Aaron because we've yet to have a softball game in, in Wolverine uh-huh, the X-Men. It's been two years. We've yet to have um, – he promised us at WonderCon that Scalped would end with a barbecue and a softball game, if you remember. And that was the that moment we re- And that was the moment we realized Jason Aaron was fucking funny. And, and a dirty liar too, apparently. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So anyway. Um, so I, I was shocked with the number of people in reaction to the announcement of me leaving my fanboy um, that were lamenting the fact that I would not be on the podcast for Hellblazer 300. Well, the thing is, is that we pretty much already did that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not like the thing is in comics, everything happens four months ahead of time. So I knew like yeah. we, we did that. We had yeah. it. Yeah. So I just put it on here pretty much as a matter of course. I was just like, well, there's an issue of Hellblazer left and Ron's going to be here. I how do you not talk about that, you know? <laughs> so now, now that I'm sitting here, a lot of people in the chat room, a lot of people listening out there, thousands of uh, people will download this. Uh, it was very good. Was it good? Yeah, no, it, it wasn't. What is it, what is it setting up? Uh, well, at the end of the last issue, John was shot. Uh, and so in this one, it was his, uh, his new young wife uh, trying to pick up the pieces and figure out, you know, what to do. And she gets loaded and, and has sex with his cousin and... and so right away, by the way, um, who looks exactly like him. Um, and then at the end, he's, he, he's like, hey, he shows up in the kitchen because he's not really dead. I know, which is shocking. Um, I, the thing that's fun is that I actually don't know, um, I don't know how it's going to end, and I really like that. I, don't, I, I, I have an idea of the tone of how the ending will be, um, but uh, it's, just, like, it's, just, it's been really good for, for a really long time. And, and you know, Pete Milligan's not a guy who, who you're who – you're, necessarily looking at it, he's like always oh, gonna he's gonna knock it out of the park completely but you know, every issue of this has been great this this he did what he did what ennis did was that he set up a, a surrounding situation that makes that makes uh constantine interesting it's not the same as that constantine's a constant he's always the same and you have to make sure you write it that way but it's how you build the world up around him that makes wait it. a minute huh? the word yeah. constant is in constantine hmm? oh so, look at so that what, what do you predict is going to happen I think he's gonna fuck over death and and give him the old two finger salute and uh, walk off smoking a cigarette. Give it, give the camera two finger salute. So everyone knows what that means. It was, it was quick. It's just well, they, they do, can't see it. You, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that 
it's gonna end that way. I mean, do you have do you have expectations? It's gotta end that way. I don't you even fucking I don't even read Hellblazer, whole, and if it doesn't end that way, I'll be pissed. Well, the whole the whole series, literally, the entire series is he's about to die. The demons and Satan all want to get him, and he tricks him at the last minute, walks away. You can't have at the end he dies because if he dies, he's fucked. He's going to hell. He's you know that's that's what's gonna happen. He's not so going he's to hell. Gonna, he's going to do the two. Same thing. Just ask, uh... <laughs> I love well it. People keep people keep asking me. Did you set me up like that for real? No. Um, uh... <laughs> that's how long we've been doing this, Josh. It's was, just natural. That was, I mean, that was that almost that sounded scripted. But you know, people keep asking me like, "Oh, well, you going to check out the new constant?" No, this is over. I'm done. I'm not reading this. So You're not this going is... to really? No way. So no, what do you do, Jeff yeah, I didn't. I did not like the stories. He what did. if you? I, what if he confronts you at the next convention and says, "Why aren't you reading my book?" In his in his polite Canadian way. Yeah, in which he'll never actually say it. He'll hint around the yeah. edges. Yeah. S- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to 300. And if it's if not only, a personal thing. I would. I think it. you should rant again. Is what I'm saying. I I. The people love will. it. It's still really sad. It's 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 a little crushing. Um. Let's talk about Uncanny Avengers number three, in which I loved and didn't love it in equal portions. Uh, you know what I loved? What? I loved Red Skull in the field of battle just pouring a cocktail. <laughs> I <laughs> loved somebody the, pour it for him. Yeah, I exactly. loved the story, and I loved the characterizations. I loved the dialogue. I loved the captions. I loved the third-person model, the, uh, the narration. That, that, didn't, that worked really well. This didn't it? was the uh, issue where Cassidy hit that wall. Yep. I he noticed hit, that a little. He, he hit that wall where, you know, first issue was great. Yep. Second issue came out sometime later. Yep. Third issue came out, and there was as equally as many good panels as bad. And, yeah, this, uh, this, wasn't, this wasn't Shadowland, but it was Borderline, borderline Shadowland. My question is when does Daniel Acuna start? You know what? Not soon enough because those pages look fantastic. But I love everything else about this. I love the way it's written. He's de- he's very deliberately writing it in an old Claremontian way. Yeah, and yes. I, I, I've seen it really dividing people online, which I understand because it, you know, it's not a modern way of writing comics at all. Yeah. Uh, but it's very much a throwback Marvel way. I, love, I love that. I love. I, I love. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about Avengers later on in the show, but. I love that I got to know who everyone's name was and who their pa- what their powers were. Some background, right? Yeah. I love that I got that information because I did. You know, these are new characters he's just introducing. You need to know who they are, what you're dealing with. So I love that. And what's so funny is that like the modern take on comics would be to do six issues of introducing them and showing them and like all that kind of stretched out kind of way. But no, fuck it, just get to the get to the action and tell us what we need to know as we do it. It worked with Claremont did it, and it worked back in the eighties and seventies. Worked so with Dad not? did it. Yeah. <laughs> that was also it works right to... now. Um, you got there was, you got a lot in this issue. Like you it was, did. It was yeah. Full. It was a lot of reading. It was a good time. There were a couple really good moments. I really I was a big fan of. Um, he he put a a, a chink in Cap's armor, I guess, in that you know Cap sort of fell under the spell of everything a little too, and they they I thought that you know at first I was like oh they're just gonna go to the thing where he's so strong willed he will not be affected, but he was, and and I really liked the dynamic of Cap and Havoc. I think that's although really uh, the one thing that kind of bothered me was that like and such a natural leader like that wouldn't necessarily abdicate. You know what I mean? I understand why they have Havoc as the leader. Yeah. He's doing it, but, but he's doing it from a tactical standpoint at this point. I mean, he's, he's doing it from a PR that. standpoint. 
Did did Havoc slap him? Did I see that yes, correctly? He did. Did, he, he, yeah, did he say, get a hold of yourself, soldier? Like, yeah, it was well, like, he was under the influence of Red Skull, but yeah, I know. It was like it the just, scene it was like the scene from um uh, Airplane. Not the best storytelling, honestly. No, no, that wasn't at all. Yeah, that was that was like a Capullo uh Gordon Batman tranquilizer scene. Yeah, I'm like, where I think, yeah, the thing about what happened. It's just it's just on it. it just seems that a guy like Cap wouldn't be able to stop leading ever. Yeah. Yep, agree. You know, he, he would lead everyone at at breakfast. Everyone would be like, "When do I eat first, Cap?" He'd say, "Eggs," and everyone would eat their eggs. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't. He would be able to turn it. In the Kilpatrick household, he can't turn it <laughs> off. And yeah. I, I think that even though he wants Havoc to be the leader to show that the, the mutants are okay, everyone still looked to him. And I would Cap clearly knew what he was doing. I would suggest that if I was if I was doing then. He would let Havoc do it, but with full knowledge of sort of what was going to happen, what he was going to do, and, and do it to make a point, and he wouldn't have lost it in the middle. But he was under yeah. the influence. Who knows? Yeah. I don't like giving the here's what I would write thing because I was fine with it. Yep. I take it back. There it is. There it is. So, so um, you, can I just say something? Okay, sure. Uh, before Watchmen Minutemen number six? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow, indeed. Honestly, like if there was a single – uh, rival to Young Avengers pick of the week. It was this issue. This is my pick of the week. This was. It, it's. It's. It, I mean, if you have any question as to the master that Darwin Cook is, this this whole series should just blow you away. What's funny is that you know our worry with all these books is that it would encroach too much on the original Watchmen. It would change too much. And and halfway through this issue, I was like, fuck, he's he's really making a major change. Yeah, yeah I don't know if I, I don't. like it. And I, I, don't through, I was cool with it. No, yeah. halfway through, I was I was not okay with it. I was really? like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. I don't like making making Hooded Justice this this person. Wait, and then well, he pulls you, the rug you, out you, from you, under you. You realize that that might, that might irk the wrath of someone. And so, <laughs> and so you know, then he pulls, pulls the rug out, and, he, and it's revealed that actually the Hooded Justice isn't this major villain. He's not a murderer. He's not a serial killer. It was actually the comedian uh, framing him. And fra- and actually screwing uh, uh, the uh, the night owl Hollis. and it was wonderful. It still it turned Hollis Mason into a killer of an innocent yeah. man, which is almost more significant than turning Hooded Justice, who we didn't know anything about, and we still don't know anything about. Which is uh, great for that. Yeah, that was a really interesting way to do it because I I I was kind of a, I'm not gonna say upset, but I was kind of uh, taken aback. Like I did, I don't mind that they made Hooded Justice into that, which they didn't. But I didn't want to know his backstory, and then I found out we didn't, which I think is cool. Which yeah, is, which no, is part, I, of it. part of I it. I love Hooded Justice. Hooded Justice is my favorite, one of my favorite characters, and I was so worried in this story that they were going to taint him. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, no, but the, the moment I opened up this this issue and realized, like, after I saw that that first page with the record, you know, and if you look at it, Darwin drew practically every groove on the record. Like, it's a matter like, yeah, he's a man. But then when I got to page three and I saw, oh, he's going the nine panel grid. And I was like, I will say this. He's not messing his, around. His DiMaggio could use some work. Um, <laughs> there's a but, definite nose issue there. Maybe there's, uh, maybe it's a likeness MLB thing. They didn't want to. But uh, I really was really impressed by this. And I, I yeah. and it was one of those things where I finished it. And I was like, oh, why did I even doubt? Yeah. Like, why did I worry? Because it all made sense in the end. I'll, I'll be honest. I thought about. I thought about for a moment doing one of my double picks. I really did. I considered have. it. You should have. It would have been a nice throwback to the old days. When, I know, except the it. except the site that wouldn't support. Did it, you notice so. that there was that? There's no um, backup story. Yes. There's no pirate story. Oh, I did notice that. Yeah. yeah. Is it done I did or? not notice it, which I think says a little yeah. something. I haven't read a single page of the pirate story. No. I read the first page. 
But uh, this was fantastic. Yeah. I, I can't wait for this to come out in trade. I'm definitely going to buy it because this deserves to be on the shelf. I really yeah, like absolutely. The last page of this. You well, yeah. you know how they're you know how they're collecting them, right? No. They're collecting uh, Silk Spectre and Minutemen into the same volume. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, isn't that perfect? Like yes. it's great. Yeah, yeah. So wonderful. Cool. So in the meantime, I know that you guys, Ron and Josh, you guys in the chat room, you guys listening, you all know who Chris Hardwick is. He's from the Nerd- Nerdist podcast. He's from the Talking Dead show on AMC. He's from the upcoming Nerdist TV show on BBC America. But he also does stand-up comedy. I don't know if you know this, but he started off as a stand-up comedian. And he had a stand-up, his first Comedy Central special called Mandroid. It was released on DVD and CD this week. came out actually earlier this, this week on Tuesday. The DVD is extended. It's uncensored. It's got 20 minutes of bonus material that wasn't broadcast on TV and has other cool Easter eggs. And you can get it all on Amazon or on iTunes or at your local store. But if you're an iFanboy fan, you can go to iFanboy.com. You can go look at the Buzzwell bar. You'll see the little, little uh, picture of the Mandroid cover. We've got a Mandroid contest running. You go there. You click on it. And you can win a Mandroid poster, which is the framed cover of the Mandroid DVD, which is an awesome little old-school throwback picture of Chris Hardwick as Mandroid fighting uh, some aliens. You'll win a DVD. And you win a CD set. If you answer this question, what supervillain should the Mandroid fight and why? We're going to pick the best answer or answers depending on how many good ones there are and we're going to announce the winners on next week's show so go to ifanway.com look on the buzzable bar you'll find all this information go there decide and there's already been some good answers i've already, I've already I, I, yeah, I was, a few of them i was reading the comments and i realized that that it's going to be a tough competition so get yeah, in there so, so if you yeah. want to want to win a chris hardwick dvd a cd set and a poster yep. go check out ifanway.com to the mandroid post you'll see it there uh good stuff so far you'll have a lot of competition but go try it out um and i i, I do have a question Am I now eligible to win this contest? No, no, no. no? Oh, damn no. it! So. Now, um, here's here's where I go off the reservation. Well, I, I was gonna I'm gonna shock you with 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 this as well too. I so. did not love Avengers three. I hated it. I hated it. I did not love it. I love the way it just, looked. Wait, like no, let me caveat. Part of, part of my problem, uh, number one, I thought Drummond Penny was very inconsistent. Interesting. I hate the way he draws Thor with the hook nose. Oh, like um, and I don't like the fact that this book features all these characters. I don't know who half of them are. No. I don't know who half of them can do. This this book needed a bit of the uh, Uncanny Avengers treatment in that you got told who they were. At least tell me, give me a caption box telling them their names. I didn't know was, who Captain Universe was until I looked it up later on. Is the arc is the arc three issues? Apparently it's it over. It ended awful quick. I was and, like, and, uh, the ending the problem? Was, the oh, ending it's over. Was, no, it's over. We're good. The ending was so weird because it was like, okay, we're done. You stay here on Mars. We're going home. Just stay away. Like Which that's cosmically just, very close. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it just seemed very, very abrupt you, and very... You, you hated this. Yeah, I hated it. I, I really... I, I was shocked. I, I don't agree with you on the Opania stuff. Um, I saw a couple of... Uh, a couple of panels that were a little weaker than the first issue, which I can understand that, but I like his Thor and I like lo- I love this Captain Universe and I know Captain Universe because I'm a Marvel fan and all that stuff. See, the thing is, it's, it, you're a hardcore Marvel fan, and yeah. I'm I'm more of than a casual Marvel fan. I read a lot of Marvel books, know a lot sure. of the Marvel characters. I was lost on a lot of these characters. At okay. the very least, give me a caption box that says Captain Universe, so at least I have that. That I, I sorted concept. that out because I remember it from when Spider-Man was Captain Universe for a while. However, on the but other that was hand, like 25 years ago. But, Listen, it's all, I, but the Captain Universe was in the in the roster on the opening pages. It doesn't say their name. It has their logo. It, well, yeah, I, it doesn't say I, who it funny? is. Yeah. I totally exactly. That. That's weird. Yeah. Although I will say that Monica Rambeau kind of ruined for me because of the next wave. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, that, no, she's done as a character. 
to me. I do, I, I do have to admit that the scene where the whole team, when Manifold brings in the whole team, and t- before that, Tony says, I thought the plan was to call everyone, and Cap goes, it was, I did. It's like, it's like six people. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want everyone. You know what I mean? Like, Give I, I, me everybody. everyone. <laughs> Wait. No. The, the oh. professional. No, I know, but I can, it was it every, everyone or everybody? It was everyone. Everybody. I think, I think it was everyone. Kill everyone. Yeah. You know, in that movie, the top is here and Oldman <laughs> is here, which if you can't see the visual, it's above the top yeah. by a lot. I mean, there was a lot to like about this book. I did, I mean, I liked a lot of the art. I thought some of it was inconsistent. I think opinion, you know, he's not a monthly artist, so I think this was the issue. Number three, much like the Cassidy issue three, where they hit that wall, yeah. keeping it up. Yeah. But, well, actually, so can I swerve and go off script for a second? All right. Um, to jump ahead, the third issue of FF, and I, I'm guessing I'm the only one reading it. No, I read it. I thought if this was the first issue, we would have been raving about it. You know, you know how when we talked about Avengers Arena that I couldn't yeah. remember issue two at all. Yeah. I have no recollection of issue two of FF at all. Right, but if they, if they had just started with this, yes, it, yes. it would have been great. If they, it would have been thrown right in. I thought this this has been the best issue of this yet. Here's my problem with the issue. It's a minor problem, but I, I loved everything else about it. Was that I cannot walk from the bathroom to my kitchen in a towel yes. without pooping. having to grab it four times. I thought about so that. So it doesn't fall off. Yeah. Whereas this whole issue is spent with Darla running around in her towel, jumping, yeah. evading aliens, and it never falls just, off. Are you just bragging about your unit? No, I'm, what I'm saying is towels don't this, stay this on very easily. not the place easily. for that, Connor. Yeah. No. Anyway, but I, I thought I thought this issue was great, and I still don't quite know what to make of it. I love old Johnny. Um, yeah. It just I, I just I thought if this was the first issue, it would have been a great way to start, like right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. It does on not. Camera, he's laughing about his junk. It does not. It does not read like Fraction at all. No, like, it's. I really enjoy this quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So. Old Johnny is funny. I love the I love the body language in Old Johnny when they were t- when he was talking to Wyatt Wingfoot and they were trying to yeah. figure out if he was actually Johnny. Uh, Mike Allred is just doing some great work. On this He's movie. great. Yeah, I, I, when Wyatt Wingfoot, I cheered. I'm like Wyatt. Yes, I love Wyatt Wingfoot. Well, we'll continue with the uh, Marvel Now discussion with Deadpool number four, in which I will say, I just want a book that features the old presidents. <laughs> I don't. I don't really need Deadpool. Uh, I don't need anything else. I just I just like all these old zombie presidents who are angry, and I love this issue again. So it's great. It's really great. It's really really great. I'm gonna drop off when the presidents leave and when Jerome uh, when Tony Moore leaves. But you know, you, I, honestly, I would say stick around because it's gonna be Mike Hawthorne. I, I, it doesn't really good. Right? It's nothing, yeah. Nothing against Hawthorne. Here it is. My percentages is forty percent. I'm reading this for the dead presidents. Forty percent for Tony Moore, which leaves. 20%. 20% for the rest, which is... Drunk math! Drunk math! Drunk math. <laughs> and then 40, 40% is staples? And then 40% of ink? Who's coloring the ink? Is, is this Jerry who's Lewis? The who's the ink colorist? <laughs> yeah. That guy's good. And I then love, uh, 40% I the, I love the old, like, the presents from the teens that no one really knows, like Coolidge and Harding and, Ho- and Hoover and... <laughs> yep. Uh, it was, this was great. And then yeah. the, the great the, the third round with, with Lincoln, which was I'm curious where they're gonna go going forward. I don't know, so I'll 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 read the next one. Yeah. What the hell? You um you skipped Cobra. Yes, I know. We um, skipped I, Cobra because you jumped ahead to FF. Listen, you shut your mouth. This is why I'm leaving. <laughs> Fine. Cobra <Hold laughs> Josh. Can we just do the show? <laughs> we're here to we're here to do a nice show. And this has to happen. There are people. I, this is a, 
Cobra. Okay. <sighs> Cobra twenty one is the last Cobra, and now it's turning into the next issue is in April, and it's some other thing. Um, I see that in the chat room. You shit. <laughs> um, that someone, awesome. someone has picked up the iFanboy story meme in the chat room. <laughs> uh, um, it was done by a, a different artist than uh, Fuso. It's the last one. I know they're rebooting all of Cobra. I hadn't actually heard if this is. It wasn't Fuso. No, it was someone else. It wasn't necessarily bad, but it was. It was listed Fuso. as Fuso in the in the uh, listing. It's, um, it's. I'm going back to the beginning. Hang on. It takes longer to cycle. I've, to while you look through it, I've, I've kept trying to jump back on to this book. You keep telling me to, and I keep trying, but I just can't get a foothold into it. I keep Werther not... Deladera. His name Listen, is Listen, Connor, a great man Werther. once said, "You can never go home again." I think that I'm might, just... yeah, it might be. I, I, I think that I think it's it's kind of interesting that this will be you know like on Ron's last show because this was like a big a book for us, and it kind of it's it's I hate to say it's petering out because it it never really got bad. It just it's just not holding my interest in the same way all the characters have switched around. Uh and I feel like uh I don't know, I'm having a hard time grasping onto it. The story continues in G.I. Joe colon the Cobra Files number one coming in April. And I, I just like just keep going with it if you're gonna do it. I just but, I just can't. I getting jerked I thought around that here. first that first storyline, not not the first mini, but the first mini plus the second one mm-hmm. were so good. They put them out in a big hardcover recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is the is has been one of the best stories in a while, yeah. but I I just can't I just can't I, I don't know why. Okay, well, Tight, uh, is colon actually in the title? It's GI Joe colon C O L O N. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, this it's is not the, it's it's not the punctuation either. Oh yeah, no, I, I mean like GI yeah, Joe colon. I, I like Flint. Don't get me wrong. I don't need to see the colonoscopy. I'm just what about shipwreck? Wow. <laughs> 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 Hey, I have to go here. Look at that. Chinatown. You realize we complete we completely missed the boat on doing a G.I. Joe centric podcast, by the we way. Did. We did. We should we have. Yeah. Oh, I would have done that every week. Fuck this we, show. We still could. We should go back and watch the cartoon and do like a commentary or Ron, something. Ron, can you do a G.I. Joe show now that you're an image? To- well, it's IDW. Well, we're not, we're not talk about the comics. We can talk, we talk about, about the cartoon. Fuck the comics. Fuck yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, let's do it. All right, that's fine then. IGI Joe. Are for fighting bias. IGI Joe. Little old All right, so let's talk. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Stop Town 5. Wow, we've <laughs> lost the thread. Oh, I got out of Connor. I was like, this is going to get Connor. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying Alpine's not. Alpine's yodel, motherfucker. One of us has to hold it together. <laughs> Um, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, uh, wait! Sna- Snake eyes dancing in the background with the dog. All right, we're gonna just do this. Let's just do this. I know. It was it was Timber the wolf, Ron. Let's all be formal in our dressing of the dog. Yeah. Um, it's not a dog. Let's talk about Stumptown number four, five, number five, five, five. We could talk about in, four. I had a car chase. In which uh, we end the story. The story was fantastic. I think this is one of the best stories Ruck has written in a while. This was, I thought, much better than the first Stumptown, although I liked the first Stumptown a lot. Uh, Which one on Eisner? Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to more Stumptown after this. My problem was that the coloring really didn't didn't do a great service to the art. Agreed. Um, Yeah. 
it I was very the script, sort of... I, the script for this last one was excellent i i was riveted the whole time it it bound everything up i understood what was happening i really liked the little twists in it uh it was a challenging script i think in in uh in light of the sort of the last one, which was all action in a car chase, you know, that's sort of fun for It really tied it all together and then also tied it to the first one, which was great. Yep. Yep. Um, but no, I don't I don't think the color did a lot of favors for it. Uh, it was it was very sort of heavy handed and, and it felt like watercolor but not in a good way. Yeah. Um I mean, it, it didn't looked like it, it looked did, like computer coloring. It wasn't it wasn't smoothed. No. It didn't hurt. Like it's, really badly, but it didn't help. Especially when comparing it to Winter Soldier number fourteen. Which which, I, which just looks beautiful. Which was Brubaker's yeah. final Marvel comic after. Yeah, and he, that was that. That color was Jordy Belair doing uh, Betty Brightweiser, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Brubaker's final issue for eight fun. years, and uh, great stuff. This was a great series. It was a great series. It it was totally the kind of thing where we're like, well, that's kind of superfluous. And I remember when it started, I was the only one reading it. And, and no, all, no, well, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, I, yes, I, yes. I, I did. I bought every issue. All right, I loved I it. I thought it was great. I yeah. jumped on. I didn't yeah. start reading it at first because it was Josh who didn't read it at first. I read the, every issue. The only thing that gets me annoyed is that the the quick note at the end where Brubaker says goodbye. Like, come on, Marvel, don't do the entire quick note in Impact. That font is not. It's not meant. To, like, come on, you know better. You know. Better. It wouldn't have been a final show if, unless Ron talked about yeah, nice lettering. Way to, way to about, work that in. Yeah, there you go. Not even lettering. Just sort of graphic design. Right, yeah. I mean, that, these are these are important things that every now and then it's like, come on, just because you have Photoshop doesn't mean you should do it like that. So, um, but this and Josh, you jumped on for this end, right? This was a great. Yeah, I actually, this was Brubaker at his finest. I forgot to get this. I just downloaded it right now because I I've forgotten it, but I'm sure it was good. Yeah. Ron in the chat room, they want to know how the kerning was. The kerning was fine. It's just, it's just that impact is just is, is more of a impact is more of a. I mean, yes, with the law cats and all that shit, but like it's more of a display font, and this is like a essay, and it shouldn't be this this bold and this big. That's all. The kerning was fine though. Although the whole fucking page is center justified, which is come on. That is weird. Yeah. Right. Um. But let's talk I'm about go, the story. Another sad ending for Bucky. Right. Yeah. I mean, the whole issue ends with. With uh, they fix Black Ooh. Widow's memory, she was taken over by the Russians, and but but the only problem is she doesn't remember her relationship with Bucky, so he has to live with knowing that the oh. love of his life doesn't remember him or their relationship anyway. And that's seriously, very sad. why is it center justified? I'm just I'm looking at it now. You know, I have a very real motion moment, Josh, and you have to jump in with your stupid jokes. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Go ahead. Talk about the answer, jerk. Talk about the answer. Uh, Mike Norton does a lot of comic books. Um, this is now, I don't know the history on this other than it, the, the answer is a character created by Mike Norton solely, I believe. And he's yes, been talking about yes. it for a long time and trying to get it you know, printed and published somewhere. Is this the first time that an answer comic has, has been published? Mm-hmm. Did you just well, stroke number one? Did you just stroke out there? They did. He, he did. He did the answer I in double. Hair. He did the answer in double feature, but it's never been printed, as far as I know. Okay, um, and uh, Dennis Hopeless uh, wrote the script for this, and I didn't know what it was going to be, and I didn't know what to expect, and um, I, I liked it. I didn't love it, but but I liked it because it was very. Um, there were a lot of interesting character things to put in there, and I liked I liked the the girl character a lot, and I I liked 
that I don't know what I know it's a superhero book, but I'm not entirely sure what it's going to be or what it, what the answer means or all that. So, but you enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, great rubble. We, it's Mike Norton. We know it's great rubble. I know. Those I are the books we wanted to talk about. Well, oh, uh, hang on, I'm going off script again, real quickly. Oh fuck you! Um, <laughs> what the hell? It's my last show, and I just want to say we haven't ever since ever since I started um, editing the uh, Hell Yeah. I haven't been able to talk about no, the show, which is fine. No, you can't talk about it. No, shush, shush. Issue number six also came out this week, and it's actually – I'm very, very proud of it. And, and I'm not saying to talk about it or anything like that. I'm just saying that if you didn't give it a chance, check it out because it's actually the first issue that I fully, fully, fully worked on the team as the editor, and I'm actually really proud of it. And I All thought right. it came Is out really Is your name great. anywhere in that? Yes. I didn't see it. I looked for it. I saw boobs. Yeah. All right. Um, well, no, it's it, that bit of pandering. I'm re- no, I'm just happy how it came out. <laughs> I can have a little pride. Fuck you. So, yeah. so those are the books we wanted to talk about this week. You can go to ifanboy.com slash comics where you can make your pull list every week. You can rate and review books. You can also make your own pick of the week. And we like to run down the top five picks of the week as chosen by the audience. This is at the time of recording when it's working. Uh, top five picks of the week. Number five, FF number three with 5.4%. And this was actually a nicely spread week. There wasn't a dominant player this week. A real nice spread. Number four was Avengers number three with 5.5%. Number three was Chew 31 with 10.9%. Number two was Justice League 16 with 13%. Number one, Young Avengers number 11 with 37.9%. Nice. I got the community behind me. So you, awesome. you went out on a populist pick, Ron. I where did. Is, where is before Watchmen on there? Uh, it, it, there's the, uh, the five, six, seven were all within like a 0.2% of each other. So they were... Yeah. All within a couple. Actually, if you look at five and four, they were very close. So yeah. four through seven were all within less than one percent of each other. Watchmen should Watchmen. be Watchmen should be higher. Higher. So yeah. But so. so let's read our user review. You can go to ifmo.com. You can also you write user reviews if they're good, and they're not about the books we're going to talk about, which you can pro- usually figure out just from using your common sense. <laughs> uh, we'll read them on the show. Ron, read the first one. All right, first one comes from Harpier, who reviews Bedlam number three, which is a very fine comic book. Um, gave the story a four out of five and the art a five out of five, and zero point one percent of you made it your pick of the week. And uh, Harpier says part of be- part of the Bedlam's early unevenness has been made has been its uneasy fusion of horror noir and psychedelic superhero fantasy. Matter Red, though he is much indebted to the Joker in his comic book lineage, feels far less like a supervillain despite his mask. Nevertheless, his mysterious incarnation and his clockwork orange-esque behavioral reclamation by a team of freak show doctors and nurses and his shadowy rivalry with the so far peripheral superhero, the first place, Matter Red soundly, superhero the first, placed Matter Red soundly in the realm of cape superheroes and maniacal villains. By the third installment, this fusion has become more familiar and less disorienting, and this issue's ending promises further integration of these genres. Are you guys still reading Bedlam? Sure. You guys are reading it before. <laughs> I'm not. You both read the first issue. I read the first issue. Okay. I did not care for it. All right. Ron, you were a good sure. image. Yes, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> read, read Bedlam. <laughs> well, now, now you see why this has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think everybody should check out Bedlam. Riley Rossimo is killing it on the art as always, and it's fantastic. It did so. look really good. I really yeah. like that he did it different. So. Um, Ron, what? Uh, Josh, why don't you read so. the second one? Mark Wahlberg, 0K. Mark Wahlberg, okay? 
uh, spend too much time on the net. Mark Wahlberg, okay? Profit number 33. Give the story of 4 out of 5 and the odds of 4 out of 5. Pick of the week percentage is 0.06%. Okay. Okay? <laughs> is that all right with everyone? <laughs> I know many people love this book, and frankly, I did too. But last month was the last draw for me. Why does he say draw, not straw? That's weird. Anyway, it was the last draw for me, and I said to myself, if I, <laughs> if I, don't, if I don't see the plot move forward in the next issue, I'm dropping you, old man prophet. Graham must be psychic. The story brings back uh, to our space-exploring band, and they can get into things to come. Story was very clear. There's nostalgia for image fans. There were clever jokes, smart storytelling techniques, especially the word balloon colors. Overall, good job from Brandon and the Giannis. So how do you mother for me? No, no, that's a different impression. That's I won't do that. That's, that was a lot of fun to read. Just for I gotta tell you, I watched that in that trailer of that recent Wahlberg movie, and I and he's ruined me for now because he's like, is this? Is it, don't you want more? Come on! No, like, the the very end when he's doing the curls and the rocks, like get it. Yeah, it. like that. Yeah. I, that makes me feel like they know they're in on the joke. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Profit. It's great. Profit's a great comic. Everyone should read it. Ron, tell us all about Profit. Profit's fantastic. Profit, no, no joke. All the pandering and bullshit and the fact that I work for Image Now aside, you cannot ignore the fact that the past year of Profit has been fan, like unexpected and Brandon Graham and the rest, and Simon Roy and Milo Giannis, Janus, whatever. Uh, you should Janus, probably learn how to not, say that. Yeah. Not going to work here. Um, are, like, are, are one of the best stories of last year and continue into this year. I mean, the fact that they're still rolling and it's every issue is a must read is fantastic. Yeah, oh, it's a great book. I switched trades on it, but uh, one of my favorite books of the year for sure. Yeah, cool. So if you haven't checked out Profit, you totally should go buy the trade paperback. And you could do that by going to Amazon and go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon and just click on the big old banner and that'll take you into Amazon.com and you can buy comics, you can buy video games. I bought a speaker recently um, that you can get everything on Amazon. And in doing we got, so- They got tons of stuff there. They do, they I really mean, do. I mean, like you can look for- Almost anything. I know it's amazing, um, and and in doing that, you help out. Uh, you help out iFanboy in the process. Um, help keep the lights on. Now that I'm gone, listen. I'll be honest with you. Everyone, I'm worried. I'm worried <laughs> that this is the, now they're just going to drive it into the ground, and the server's going to blink out. And we listen, these guys need all the help they can get. So right, do you, have, do you disagree with that in, in any way? Because no, I, not, I, not not even. No, I, yeah. <laughs> so Connor and I are good at certain things. Yep. Let's let's discuss the email section now. This email section. Holy is, shit! What'd you do? I combed through. Now, people may not know we have an email Combed program that lets us give us our own little boxes. We assign emails that you send into contact.ifanboy.com. Oh, I know. What I went mean. through Ron's box of five hundred emails, and I pulled out all of the X Men related emails. Jesus Christ! I thought so they were we'll answer, technical assistance. We will stuff. answer these as fast as humanly possible. Uh, You're gonna so help 14 people sign in. <laughs> <laughs> I never got my confirmation email from fucking from fucking July 2008. <laughs> so these emails are all X Men related, except for the first one, which I thought was appropriate. And after that, we get into all X Men. So do I have to read them all, or uh, no? You won't read them all. We'll alternate. But uh, okay. there's 15 of 16 emails. We'll go fast. <laughs> 
They're not a lot. It's not that you want to answer them quickly. So let's do the first one. You can read that, Ron. Okay. West from St. Paul, Minnesota writes in and says, before Ron leaves the show, I was curious about what you guys got each other for Christmas last month. I asked this question last year. I remember that Connor got a Love and Rockets book and Josh got a collection of Uncanny X-Force. What were the gifts you guys got each other this past December? Thank you for making the best comic podcast on the internet. You are welcome, Wes. And it will continue to be the best podcast on the internet, even after I'm gone. So what did we get each other for Christmas? I don't even remember. I know. I'm like, uh, I know what I got. I can tell you what I got. So Connor got me the awesome Uncle Scrooge collection from um, Fanographics. Yes. And Josh got me, and Connor also got me R.A. Dickey's book, um, which is awesome. And Josh got me something that was awesome, and I'm, I can't remember what it is. Wally Wood? The Wally Wood book, yes. The, yep. the Wally Wood book from Fanographics. So it was awesome. So thank you, guys. Uh, uh, I got the Alien book from Ron. Me too. I gave you both that, the Alien yeah, Artist Edition. The Walt Simonson book, which is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what else. Uh, you got, I, get, I get you the Lincoln book. The Lincoln, the Lincoln graphic novel. What's that from? Who's, who did that? Who was it first second? Noah Van Skyver. It was uh, Ethan Van right. Skyver's brother, um, but very different than Ethan Van Skyver. Um, it's on my shelf, ready to read. Yeah, and then you got me uh, Magneto Testament. Wrong. Which I, no? Was that no. last year? No, that was two years ago. Was it? Wow, Josh. <laughs> yeah, that's I got you both the the Uncle Scrooge book, and I got Ravier Dicky book, and I got you, Josh, the TV book. The TV book, which is on my Kindle, which I'm going to read when I get the yeah. other book I'm done with. The book about the, the I, 10 most important favorite now that you TV got shows. Me last year. It was great. So thanks for that. <laughs> awesome. Well, how heartwarming this is. I finally got around to reading. I finally got around to reading the Commandy collection that Josh got me last year for Christmas, and it was awesome. I had no idea that was great. So I kind of want to read that. Yeah, there you go. All, All right, right so next question. Amir writes and says, first off, I wanted to let you guys know that I love the site. I want to tell you that your camaraderie during the podcast media is such a treat to see. Whenever I listen to Sundays or watch Wednesday videos, that oh, this is an old one. I'm also reminded of these go back. These go back three years, by the way. I'm also reminded of when I hang out with my best friends and argue. Shoot the shit and have fun. You've also infused the mentality into the community as your site is one of the few online fanboy sites that doesn't feed on negativity and criticism. So my question is, is New X-Men a Grant... Why is New X-Men a Grant... Why is New X-Men a, New X-Men a Grant Morrison so, such a polarizing run? Ron? Are we doing these short form? Ron yeah, deep yeah we have to because I really got because I really got to pee. Ron, why is New X-Men so, by Grant Morrison so polarizing? I mean, ultimately it boils down to, and now for those longtime my fanboy readers remember that I, I wrote a, a three-part uh, post about uh, uh, why I hated uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley and, and um, what's his name? Um, who's the scary artist guy that scared us in San Diego that year? Oh, um, uh, Igor Cordy. Igor Cordy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why I, I wasn't a big fan of it, and basically it was because they weren't my X-Men. You know, like I came into the X-Men, Claremont, Byrne, Paul Smith, Jim Lee, and you have a strong idea of what you want out of the X-Men. And then Morrison came in and did his pop, you know, modern kind of take on the X-Men, and it was very jarring. It was a very, you know, much different. You know, I was more of a fan of of kind of cl- like the the overly physical mutations that Morrison introduced in the X-Men were a bit more than I wanted to go for. Um, that said, I've gone back and read it as I've gotten older, and I can recognize that that as a work on its own, it is quality. It is really good. It is well done. It's still no, not my X-Men. Quietly. It's still not my X-Men. So that, that's basically what it was. 
yeah. All right, Josh, read the next one. Uh, by Vicious is that is that the one? No, no. Oh, Justin. Justin, I think I scrolled down on accident. Justin, what, wait, 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 that? Connor, Connor, did you really give Josh the five paragraph email? You know, as I don't know if you heard yourself read the last email that you read, um, but somebody's sitting there in a glass house, and he can shut the fuck up. <laughs> Justin, who is known as Zorn was Magneto, which is kind of a spoiler username, <laughs> says, "I know there are lots of things Grant Morrison did in New X Men. That, these are all that <laughs> New X Men that have been changed since this run because maybe it was too confusing, or some ex editors couldn't work with it post Morrison. I.e., Zorn is actually Magneto and not just pretending to be Magneto." One of these things that's always stuck me as strange was the connection between No Girl and Martha Johansson, who I always believed to be a separate character, mainly because one was actually real. People really send us these long-ass emails. During a camping trip, Zorn's special class had a moment by the campfire. It's during this time that one of the students, Basilis, first mentions No Girl to Zorn, essentially saying that, oh my god, Zorn had been ignoring No Girl because he cannot hear, see her, she her. See her, I guess, is what that's supposed to be. I always read this as a practical joke that Basilis is making fun of the expense of Zorn's perceived naivety. No girl was an imaginary person. Literally, I'm halfway. Literally, no girl. So, of course, Zorn could not see her. Basilis pretended she was real, only invisible because it was part of the joke. The special class found this funny, so they all decided to go along with Basilis' joke. It's unclear if Zorn truly was that naive, but I feel that, I, that he decided to play along because he wanted the class to enjoy themselves. Post Morrison, we have seen Martha appear several times most recently in Generation Hope number 13. James Asmus refers to Martha outright as no girl. I read this as a mistake on his part, or perhaps the editors. I can see how a mistake like this might happen because Martha doesn't have a body, so the no girl code name makes sense. What is the consensus? Is no girl an imaginary character, or was that meant to be a practical joke played on Zorn? Or is Martha actually no girl? Paragraph 9. I, no, that was it. Ron? I don't even remember No Girl. <laughs> All right, James. I, I, I remember the camping trip. I, th I think that James Osmond's made a mistake there. Anyway, all right, go on. All right, James says, during Grant Morrison's run, the Magneto who took over New York Jesus was the actual Christ. Magneto. <laughs> and afterwards, it was retconned to an imposter. Did it ever explain who the imposter was? Was it Joseph, the Magneto clone from the 90s, or a random imposter? Ron. <laughs> this is great. I just can't even. I can't even. I don't. I can't even. Vicious, Vicious S writes in and says, is Cable's new arm too creepy looking? Yes. Shane, when did Cyclops Optic Blast become a Magneto level superpower? I remember, I remember when a depowered Storm beat Cyclops in a straight up fight for leadership of the X-Men. Couldn't they just lock a pair of those red shades he used to wear on his head and put him in a regular prison cell? And just for the record, I have no problem with the direction they've taken with the Cyclops character. This seems, to me, like the culmination of the direction they've been taking him for years and not some of out-of-the-blue character change. Here's the thing about Cyclops. Why didn't... I'm surprised nobody's ever made, like, a ruby court shield. Or, so, mm. you know, like, you know, like, or some sort of suit of art. You know what I mean? Like, you could... You yep. know, anyway, but, they hey. should talk to the guys who made uh, yellow stuff against Green Lantern in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kenny S. writes from Flagstaff, Arizona and says, I can't believe it! Cy Colossus won in a fight! He beat the oh, thing in ABX versus number three! I can remember reading Uncanny X-Men when I was a kid and I was rooting for him and then being let down as Juggernaut or Magneto or whoever else the bad guy was that month, kick his ass that month. He seemed to always get one punch in and trip and fall and would get out of the fight. <laughs> he should be a powerhouse in the Colossus, Colossus is very clumsy. That's what you don't realize. Is <laughs> but just isn't. Now finally my prayers have been answered and Colossus has the power of the Juggernaut added to his own. And he loses the fight to Red Hulk, has a draw with Spider-Man, and finally wins a fight against the Thing. 
I've been a fan of Colossus for a long time. It feels oddly satisfying to see him win. It seems that he usually loses the fight. Love that you, uh, UX been 183. Uncanny. Wolverine takes him to the bar to blow off some steam, and Juggernaut happens to be there drinking beer. I loved it how it was drawn. You don't often notice Juggy at the bar until it was too late. Great fight between Logan leaning against the bar watching the fight. Anyway, just wanted to vent. Any thoughts on the damn thing going on with him and Juggy? When is he coming back to fight Kick Colossus' ass? Who knows? Joe Joe, Joe <laughs> writes in and says, Hey guys, I was just listening to the podcast where you picked Wolverine and the X-Men number one as your pick of the week. I haven't read anything post-schism yet, but I was thinking I'll have to pick this up. Just want to know if any of you followed the New Mutants, New X-Men, Young X-Men stories that focused on Danny Moonstar and her students. From the way you guys describe Wolverine and X-Men, they sound like kindred spirits, especially the Academy X-Run and New X-Men. The stories have a very have a very mutant high school feel and focus on the students and their classes, combat with Wolverine, science and physics with the Beast, math with Iceman, flight class with Angel, tactical leadership class with Cyclops. All the students are assigned to a team led by a different teacher and, com- and compete for points, very Harry Potter-ish, which ends up creating some very entertaining stories. Yes, they were lovely stories. I read them all. Next. Josh. I blacked out. Uh, these are the X-Men emails by the way we don't get these from other, from other people Richard, Richard T instead of including Sage in his original class of X-Men Xavier sent her to spy on the Hellfire Club however since she went on missions for Xavier he gave her a uniform to wear so yes it is a marker of, affiliation, of her affiliation with the team how do you feel about Sage's retcom in the extreme X-Men run and her involvement with the original X-Men fuck really <laughs> Seriously? This is what it's like to be us all the time. Yeah, exactly. Russ, also known as Finbar Bat, writes in and says, after reading the introduction of Ultimate Zorn in last week's Hawkeye, I had a question. Zorn is Chinese, right? And in Mandarin, I think the X makes a sh- sound. So wouldn't that mean the character's name is Shorn? Yeah, he's short hair. Yeah. Joel writes and says, I consider myself to be a DC guy, but I've always want, been interested in what other companies produce, especially after listening to you all. One book, or should I say a series of books that have caught my interest is the X-Men line of books, especially with everything that's been going on in their line lately. However, I don't have a history with the X-Men, so I'm worried about being overwhelmed by the amount of characters and storylines there are. What do you all recommend would be a good starting off point for the current era of X-Men books? All new X-Men, Wolverine the X-Men. Just pick them up and start reading. That's what I did. Elijah, I've never been a big X-Men fan, but I really like Kitty Pride and Cyclops, especially in regards to their relationship with Emma Frost. Any suggestions on good stories involving Kitty or Cyclops slash, slash Emma? All of them. No, Dark um, Dark Phoenix Saga, also Astonishing X-Men by Whedon and Cassidy. Harper H. from Atlanta, Georgia says, I've been a DC guy for a long time, and I'm just now getting interested in some Marvel stuff, X-Men in particular. I fell in love with the first half of Whedon's Astonishing. Haven't read the second half yet. I'm sure he has by now. And I'm interested in reading some semblance of chronological order. I'm totally overwhelmed by all the uncannies, astonishing news, X-Forces, and just plain old X-Men. How would you guys suggest I read them to get a really good overview of the X-Men's history? Go to Wikipedia. It'll save you time. <laughs> That's it? Well, no, yeah, read them all, but fucking don't read them in order. Just piece, piece them together. I read the Dark Phoenix Saga, and then I read, and then I was reading, then I read Inferno, and then I was reading Extinction Agenda. Like, I read all the shit out of order, you know? No, I agree. Cody writes and says, I was thinking last night about a few things and something <laughs> popped into my head. I know Magneto's backstory and how he was in Auschwitz during World War II. I also know that the passage of time in comic books is a little different than the real world, but occasionally a writer will include an event and more or less give the Marvel Universe a date that is close to the real world, such as including a president or mayor of a, in a panel and something along those lines. By real world standards, I figure Magneto's about 80 years old at least in his 60, early 60s or late 70s. 
in comic book time because the mutation takes place during the puberty. So it would have to have been 12 or 14 during Auschwitz. So with all that said, now I ask my question. Do you think it's a bad idea to have characters' backstories tied to a specific event with the World War II? Because eventually that character will become too old and so iconic that changing his or her history will be impossible. They managed to pull off updating the war the Punisher was in. I think the Punisher Max run, but I'm not sure. But, I'm not, but I don't think the same could be done for Magneto. I know I'm being a bit OCD about this, but I was thinking about it last night and wondering what you guys thought about it. No. Listen, you can't think about it or your head will explode. I mean, think about it right now in the all-new X-Men. We were, I was talking about it the other day to a friend of mine, how um, you know, I think Bendis is skirting the edges of the all-new X-Men and not saying they're from the 60s, but making it they're from the past and all that sort of stuff. But honestly, if you look at it in terms of reality, it's 2013, and if the X-Men are you know, about 20 years difference from when they came up or whatever it might be. Scott wondering about bottled water when bottled water has been around since the eighties. You just can't yeah, think Yeah, it's been the eighties, but it hasn't been really in, in Scott is 65. In right. Yeah. Scott is 65. Exactly. So, yeah. So you can't think but about they, it, but they did change the Punisher's war. It was Vietnam, but then they changed it to, to, to Iraq. the Gulf. Yeah. To yeah. the Gulf. Yeah. They totally yeah. did. And, and, yeah. But then Fury comes out and he's in Vietnam. He so. says yeah. it would be impossible. It's not, it's not impossible. They can do it. Yeah, just, it doesn't just don't matter, think about it. it. Next, we only have two thing. more. Two All right, more. Chris, also known as Stuklock from Georgia, who's also in the chat room, I believe. Or he was. He, left I think he had to was. go watch a cartoon. Oh, uh, well, he's missing his – well, skip his question then. Move on. <laughs> no, no. He says, my five-year-old daughter really, really, really likes that Kitty Pride has been asking for books about her. I'm, I'm not a very big X-Fan generally, so I'm not particularly familiar with the character. Can you please recommend a few trades that feature Kitty fairly prominently that are both entertaining and age-appropriate? No. I know she features fairly prominently in Astonishing X-Men, but I haven't read it in a while. No. I can't recall if it's age-appropriate. It's not age-appropriate, but you can go check out Excalibur where Kitty was in for the, almost the entirety of the run. So uh, check That's that out. That's too confusing for me. Yeah. Shane from Texas. I don't know if I'm just getting to be an old old fuddy duddy like you, Josh. You're a fuddy duddy, fatty duddy. You're a fatty duddy. You're the one the for X- me, fatty. Sorry, I miss the X Men I grew up with. I haven't read more than three or four issues a year of any X Men comics since Grant Morrison took over the series. I know that a lot of people loved his run, but it just never worked for me. Since then, I've periodically checked into the comics, and I don't like them. <laughs> Take Wolverine for example, and here's why. And Take Wolverine for example. When was the last time someone he tracked someone by their scent or used any of his super senses? Like I said, I don't read the X Men comics regularly. We know, so maybe I'm just missing those issues. But when do I pick up with the books? Like they seem like different characters than the ones I grew up with. Example. One of my favorite X-Men stories, X-Men 232-234, X-Men versus Brood. I realize that comics have to change over time and cannot stay the same. Then what are we talking about? But I have been reading comics since the late 80s, and I still read and enjoy many of the characters I fell in love with way back when. Is it just me? What do y'all think? Like Ron, this is your last chance to vent about the X-Men. Ever. Here's the thing, is that I love them. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like as as they're never going to be the way they were when I fell in love with them, and it's you can never go home again. It's never going to recreate that magic. But they're my they're my rock. They're the thing I fall fall back on. You know, and and the thing is, is that they ebb and flow, and they were shitty ten years ago. They're fantastic now, and they were shitty in the nineties. They're fantastic in the early nineties. You know, and and you never know when we're going to get another Paul Smith, or we're going to get another. You know, Dave Marquez could be the next Paul Smith. Who knows? You know. Um, and it, you know, it's oh, tough. I wish he had that hair. Yeah, exactly. If anyone knows where Paul Smith is, let me know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, seriously, nobody, nobody knows where he is. Um, 
But uh, the th- the thing is, is that it, for me, it's someone my... help Paul Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, for me, it's my it's my it's it's my thing. It's my special corner of comics that I will always love, and that nothing will change that. So, yep. But they're not as good as when they were when you were a kid, though. Well, but the thing is, they they won't. Neither is music. Neither is you know. Neither is is is. TV, neither is pot. Neither, you know, like it's all like the thing is, is that the, the the sad part of our reality in this on this mortal coil is that you. I was I was literally just thinking about this this morning as I was listening to um, this week in Marvel, uh, the podcast that our, our buddies uh, Ryan and um, and Blake over at Marvel do, and they had they had the the singer and the guitarist the Texas of the Reason in, and uh. you know, and had him on the podcast, and I was listening about it, and I was thinking about how. Going to see Texas the Reason play in 1995, the Friday before Thanksgiving at the Continental in New York, and like that was a life changing moment. Like I saw this band and I got the seven inch, and I was like, "Fuck, this is different. This is new." You were really excited about it then. I was really oh, excited. Record. About it. Sorry, I was, I, I was really excited about it. But um, but the thing is, is that you know, like I'll never be able to relive that moment. That moment happened. You know, and like, and even though Texas is back together, and I'm going to see them in March when they're playing. Speaking of which, Connor, I have LA tickets that I now don't need, so I'm going to give them can to we, you. Can we? Okay, uh, send yeah. me. I'll go. Um, but anyway, the thing is, is that now that you know, 15 years later, they're back together. It's great. I'll go see them. I'll enjoy it. It's fantastic. It won't. It's never going to be like that. That night, night. But isn't that comics? Comics is chasing yes. the dragon. Comics exactly. is all about chasing that dragon. I yeah. know, but the thing at the same time, Ron, you're going to buy everything. You're going to watch all the stuff. You're going to listen to all the podcasts they're on. Yeah. You're gonna, yeah. I mean, you're not. You're, you're like. Well, just in case, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep an eye on it. And that's yeah. very comics of you. Yeah, totally. I mean, so. but you know, from why the comics aren't like that. You know, the the people who read that stuff 20 years ago are now writing it, and they picked up different things of it than you did. And there's yeah. different trends, and there's different stuff, and they're gonna. You know, whoever's reading it now for the first time, if they're still reading it in 20 years, if they're still. You see, and and here and here's the th- and here's the thing is that like what what if people listening or whatever, if you think that my leaving my fanboy means I'm going to stop getting books on Wednesday and stop reading the X Men and stop, you know, like I'm very I did it before we did this shit, you know, like I'm going to continue to do it, you know. Like, this shit is right. <laughs> so, and I want to thank you for 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 Connor for totally solidifying my decision to leave the podcast just now. <laughs> Really special, really good. Uh, not yeah. as much as me going through three years of emails, finding all the expert ones. You were insane. No wonder you wanted to do the script. He loves yeah. doing shit like yeah. that. Yeah, I wanted to just clear them out of the queue. Actually, <laughs> so <I guess laughs> nice. Good. So those are the emails. I really you wish email, they were tech support. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com if you have any email questions. Please don't send any expert questions in anymore because they will not be as eloquently answered anymore. You can go to. We didn't. We skipped the voicemails because of all the emails. But you can normally call us at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. We will answer them on the show. So, thirty minutes or less, thirty seconds or less. Ah, oh, fuck! It's late. Ron's leaving. <laughs> yeah. All right uh, then. Um. Well, we have other podcasts, I suppose. There's the Don't Miss podcast, which fucking somebody's gonna have to do now. Maybe. <laughs> It might go away. I'll be honest with you. I don't. That was sort of Ron's thing. Neesman, where are you? Anyway, uh, for now, the Don't Miss podcast will be out on Monday. We'll talk about a book that's coming out that Monday or that Wednesday uh, with the creator of that book, and so that you know about it. That's the whole point. It's a good concept, is what it is. Uh, then there's the Make Comics podcast, which is me and Andy Schmidt, uh, where we talk about. Um, he, he's a he's a former editor for Marvel, senior editor for IDW. Are you still doing that show? Yeah, you know, it's a thing. It's it's a good show. It's another good concept. So. It is a good show. I think I was totally supposed to... Oh, wait, today's third. Okay. Um, that's on. That comes out usually Fridays. 
There it is. Uh, and that's 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 the things for podcasts. And this, there's another section coming up here. And this is the thing that people have been waiting for. Uh, and I've been really I've been I've been putting together a lot of analogies. I was trying to figure out if we're Spinal Tap, does that make uh, the, is Paul like the new drummer? But that doesn't really work. But I know that Mike is Viv Stanshall. I figured that much out. Who? <laughs> v- you, mean Viv, you mean Viv, Viv Savage? Savage? Viv Savage. Viv Stanshall must be a real person. Listen, <laughs> Viv Stanshall's the name. Listen. But that's my, Mike. My, that's my point. That's Mike Romo. My parting advice to you, Josh, is yeah. have a good time. All the time. (laughs) Are you Derek Smalls or are you? I think you're David. No, I'm Nigel. When Nigel leaves in a huff, remember? But what about this? Is there any chance that you're Pete Best? No. (laughs) But like maybe, maybe, maybe Paul will come in and he'll be Ringo, and then we'll really blow up. And who knew? Because you couldn't really hold a a very impressive beat. Neither could Ringo. Come on. (laughs) Oh, let's not even. We're not going to get into this right now. So four times they stopped tape for that guy ever. In case you have been living under a podcast rock, this is Ron's last show. Uh, he is leaving my fanboy to join Image Comics, which he's already done. Um, it's been 12 years for the three of us. You've probably only been listening if you were a hardcore person since 2005. Yep. But, but we started in 2000 together doing iFanboy as a website, and this is the last bit of Ron. <laughs> the last little bit, yeah. A little bit. So, um, how are you feeling, Ron? I'm all right. I don't have anything prepared. I don't have a statement. I don't have any sort of thing. I guess you know, like when um, when I started listening to podcasts in the summer of 2005, I was like, oh, cool. This is a cool thing. And 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 as often happens to me, I say, oh wow, that's really cool. I want to figure out how to do that. Um, and, and then said, well, I don't have anything to talk about. What do I do a podcast about? And then I realized, oh yeah, I have that website with these two guys and, uh, coerced them into doing it. It was not easy. I still have the emails. It took some convincing. And even if you go back and listen to that first episode, Josh, still, terrible. Josh still wasn't quite convinced of what was going on. Cause he's like, so what am I just supposed to talk about the comic now or what? <laughs> I, I don't remember that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not denying it. <laughs> um, but uh, who knew that it would grow to become what this is? And honestly, like, what the are, fuck has it become? I know, but there, there are very honestly, like, so I'm 35 years old. There are probably, I don't even know. I can't count on one hand the number of life altering or life changing moments in my life. And probably, if I have to look back, the one that has the biggest impact is. That the, the 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 two decisions of first for us to do the website and then to do the podcast. The iFanboy as a whole has completely nuked our lives <laughs> in the directions <laughs> that we've been on. We had listen, we had hopes, we had <laughs> we dreams, had dreams, we had plans, we had a college education. We now were we only do- have sciatica. <laughs> <laughs> I literally we- have sciatica, you son of a bitch. <laughs> We were gonna, we were gonna go change the world, and honestly, while I don't think we changed the world in the way that we planned to, I think we changed the world in a way we didn't expect to, and that almost makes it a little better. It almost makes it a little more special in my. It's eyes. what's funny is I can remember back to those days. I remember sitting in my office uh, in 2000 when we were working on the plans for iFanboy. I literally have memories of that, and I, had, I think I have the notes even still. Uh, I never in a million years would have imagined we were be, would be in this spot 12 yeah. years later. Uh, I don't think I could imagine 35 when I was 20, 
three, but yeah. um, I, I, it's been a, it's been quite a ride. I, I don't think either one of us could have done it without the other two. Um, Paul yeah. will be a very able replacement. Paul Montgomery's coming in to take your place. He's, he's been our, our, our go-to guy for the last couple of years, and he will do a great job. But you know, you two, you two guys are my best friends, and yeah, and we've had this hour a week. We we well, we got onto dumb shit for an hour and <laughs> hopefully made each other laugh and hopefully we made other people laugh and and it's 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 really I don't it hasn't fully sunk in that uh, that next week and and again not nothing against Paul who I love but you know it's just it hasn't sunk in yet yeah well and that's and that's the thing is like we so what people don't there's a whole lot of we keep joke internally we're joking about the the i fanboy story when it gets told and written when josh writes the tell-all book and um paul and ruined the, it the i fanboy story yeah <laughs> no but um i'm not gonna write that story um but uh realistically there have been numerous times over the years where we have had to have very tough decisions and tough tough conversations about whether we're going to continue to do it and how we're going to change things and and all this sort of stuff and honestly um the thing that i always go back to is i think josh always said it who unlikely is like I've always thought that the thing that was going to deflate our balloon was Josh. <laughs> He's going to be the one to say, fuck this, I'm out. And I've always it. thought the thing that was going to deflate our balloon was Josh, colon, the iFanboy story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, is that every time we were up, we were backed into a corner and we had to, you know, figure out how we're going to survive and what we're going to do, it was Josh who always goes, well, you know, I can't really imagine my life without this. And like, it's, you know, I don't know how to not do it. Yeah, I know exactly. And honestly, the, the not living a life where I don't do it is I have it. Connor, it hasn't sunk into me either, to be honest with you. Um, so it just feels like you're going to be off next week and Ron's yeah. and jo- Paul's going to fill in. Yep. Um, and that's the thing. I want everyone to know that, like Paul, like it, it was a non-decision as to have Paul come. But Paul, Paul is fantastic. Pisses me off, like you wouldn't believe. But other than that, he's great. Um, no I'm kidding. <laughs> um, no, I mean, and he's going to do great. And the thing is, is that, and I've said this to other people, is that it, it, I'm sure I'm going to come. You know, ho- hopefully, I'll come on and guest, and and you guys can make fun of me for, if we let you. Yeah, if you let me and all that stuff. But like, I, you know, like it's I'm not going far. So that's the other. That's so that's a little solace in that regard. And then the other thing too is that a lot of people would. Um, you know, a, a lot of people were, you know, speculating how you guys felt and the rift between us and stuff like that. I mean, we talk every day and we'll continue to talk every day, and I'm not worried about that either. So, um, really, the only people that suffer are the audience. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, talking about this. And as far, oh, there it is. It's the TIE Fighter from episode two. Three. Yep. That's the TIE Fighter from episode two that you knocked over and broke? Yeah. You should, talk, you should talk some more so the audience can see it. I did. I got him. It's all right. Okay. The mythical TIE Fighter. If you go back and listen to episode two that, that Josh knocked over. Um, honestly, I honestly I gotta say that that I think that if anything, if I need to sum up my career on the iFanboy podcast, it it apparently is my stroked out moment of rusty auto parts because <laughs> that is that is what everyone has has brought back and told me and said it and all that sort of thing. And so uh, my inability to, to 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 pronounce rusty auto parts will forever be how I'm remembered. So honestly, the thing that that I think we've enjoyed the most and the thing that's made us in any way successful is that. The three of us are great friends. We'll continue to be great friends. This won't change yep. any of that. It was, yep. We'll just have these conversations where people, no one will hear them. Right. Um, and I think that's come through. I think really, I think the fact that we can bust on each other and have a good time and laugh and you know, still at the end of the day, still at the end of the day, have a great time uh, is what's what's made this so much fun. 
You know, it's yeah, even when we've hated each other, which has happened on occasion. I've yeah, never well, hated either of you. I've always loved you. We've, we had moments. I, I feel like in the, in the very middle, we had moments where we would get in bad fights and then we would, and then the show would happen and they would be great shows. Well, yeah, that's yeah, true. Think, think back. People, what people don't know is that, A, they know their catchphrases that we did on the show. They don't know about all the other stuff. The things yeah. that, that the happen. They don't, they, don't know about, they don't know about the note that you guys gave me when I was on NPR. They don't know, <laughs> they don't know that note. They're not going to. They never will. They, Gordon they does. don't know. Uh, you know, you think about it. Like This show's been through um, marriages, divorces. Oh, shit. He's crying. I'm not. I'm not. People keep You're about going, to. You're about to. Together. I'm not. I'm fine. I did that already. Um, you know, police things. I'm never going to talk to anybody about <laughs> things. You know, like it's like every goddamn thing in my life for my 20s and now half of my 30s yep. has been bookended by the fact that we do this once a week. Everything goes through that lens, I think, is, is, uh-huh. is, is a good way to putting it. And right? I mean, every, every week you've got to find a way to do the show or read the books or... But it's or not do that, whatever. That, the thing is, everything else was hard. Everything else was hard. Yeah. The show is never hard. The show has yeah. never ever been hard. Scheduling the show was hard. Uh, <laughs> sometimes getting fucking Skype not to crash was hard. Uh, figuring out what to do my to do it when my kid was trying to sleep in the next room because we were in a tiny apartment was hard. But the thing itself, you know, after that, the only thing hard was, you know. <laughs> do you remember when we used to do it and it would crash constantly? Yes. It was, I, I remember the night we did it. Times. We did the entire show three times. Yeah. Yep. Remember that night where we did a whole show, it crashed. We did it again, it crashed. And by the time we did the third show, we were not having it anymore. Like, it was not a, <laughs> no longer amusing. I, I distinctly remember sitting in my old bedroom in, in Brooklyn just not fucking having it anymore because we did it twi- twice already. <laughs> and what, no what? one... No one seemed to notice when we put it out. Well, what's great is that we're just we're, it got to the point where not only were we saying the same things about the books, but we were doing the same jokes, mm-hmm. and yeah. like it just <laughs> and it was shitty. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, I mean, the thing though that that they're getting is that, um, the reason that you, that I lost my shit last week, I think, is that this is this is my life. This is everything at the same. You guys are my best friends. Like completely, like in that way that people go, well, I like him, and like you two are my best friends. You guys are are my brothers, and this is really weird. Uh, <laughs> it is, and like I, like I feel like, I feel like well, people. I feel like it hasn't sucked in yet. I feel like people listening to this know that we get along well, and we're we're funny together, you know. But I don't feel like uh, Johnny hung out with Ed. But you know, I won't ever not hang out with you guys. I won't, you know, like we're. This the, every all of that stuff is is totally real, and I think that that's been a thing that's been that helped. I think it's the thing that people liked, and I think it's the thing that kept us going. Yeah. At the same time, uh, we mentioned this last week on the show, but uh, you know, when Ron came, Ron, when did you come to us with this opportunity you had? Um, the most recent one. The one you left for. Oh yeah, no, um, it was December. It was like right before Christmas. That's what it? I thought. Someone asked me, and I couldn't remember when it actually happened. Yeah. But Come Ron on. came to us, and the reason why we're not totally over the moon emotional is because we've known for about a month that Ron was yeah. leaving before he announced it. But he came to us. He called us on the phone. Three of us got on the phone. And he said, "Hey, I've got this opportunity in Image, and and I want to hear what you guys think." And and Josh and I didn't even hesitate. And that's I think, you know, as as much as we have fun we have doing the show, and as much as we love each other. You know, we want each other to do well, and this was totally a no-brainer for Ron to do this. And that's, and I was I mean, thinking about me. 
<laughs> Justin, of course, <laughs> thinking about himself. Well, what, yeah. what, what, what you guys don't know, and I, actually, I was on Eleven O'clock Comics last night, and I was talking to the guys, and they were asking me about it, and and I've never and listened I, to those fucks. Well, okay, anyway, um, and they were asking me about it, and and I said how, like, I, I you, I don't even think you guys know about this. I fucking agonized, like, I put off. There were like three or four times where we were on the phone, and I'm like, all right, I need to tell them, I need to talk to them about this, and I just let it go. And I'm like, no, I'll do it, I'll do it tomorrow, or I'll do it Monday. I'll, I don't want to ruin the weekend. Like I was yeah. so fucking nervous about what the reaction was going to be because the, the the honestly the thing was is that like I I don't want to disappoint you guys. I don't want to let you know. I don't want to leave. Let, and, and that's the yeah. thing though, we weren't yeah. disappointed. We were actually yeah. proud of you. Yeah, which is yeah. great. Which is it couldn't have it couldn't have worked out a better way. But like the thing is is that like if you if you ask me the the, the most. The the like there are in 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 my world in my sphere there are you know only very few things that I drop everything and go you know it's like it's my you know it's it's my my sister it's my parents my nieces and it's you guys you know and so I absolutely would not want to jeopardize that in any other way and so like that's that's kind of you know part of it but the fact that you guys were so supportive really you know not only not didn't honestly make make it easier but it's the fact that you guys saw why it was even, you know, a consideration and saw, you know, and, and we've talked about this, like when is, we've always wondered when is this going to end and all this sort of stuff. And, and the thing was is that like, I didn't want this to be the thing that ended it because I still believe in what we're doing here at iFanboy and I still believe in, in how we're doing it, you know? And so, um, well, I wish maybe you can get on the Eisner committee now. <laughs> I all I gotta say is fucking nominations are open and it's for the year 2011 and or 2012. And I'll be up there if they. If, Let's if be we honest. This was not our best year. <laughs> uh, our best year was two years ago. Yeah. Um, but you know, the thing is, when I think about my life, my adult life, yeah, it's everything goes through this lens of I fanboy. Yep. You know, some of my best memories are hanging out with you two guys at San Diego, or the ordering, you know, pizza in San Diego, and having the the delivery woman <laughs> being shocked. There's only three of you ordering all of this food, or yeah. You know, There's all the stuff we do together is Gordon doesn't count. He doesn't need any. No, Patrick Look was at him. there. Oh, Patrick was, Patrick was there. Yeah, no, Gordon wasn't there yet. It was just it was just the three of us and Patrick. He can eat a lot of pizza. You're right. Yeah. Um, but you know, all my my experiences are are filtered through the lens of my fanboy, and it's yeah. it's it's going to continue and it's going to be great. And I encourage everyone to stick around. And and Paul's going to bring a great dynamic to the show. And absolutely. But you know, you guys are 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 it for me and. You know, it's going to be tough going forward once it really sinks in, and and uh, ah, it'll be all right because I'll be begging you to run previews and, and <laughs> shit like that, so it'll be fine. And we're going to say no. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, you, dude. no, but I mean, and, and ask multiversity about Hulk Hunters. Come on. <laughs> but the thing is, is that what people? I mean, again, people. You know, similar to one of the things we've always struggled with is the fact that everyone thinks that all we eat and breathe are comics, and all we ever do are comics. And you know, and Connor's always been very adamant about saying this is that no, actually, we're very much into. I'm into music. We're all into movies. We're all, Josh is into music. We're all in. You know, Connor's into uh, cocktails, and you know, like we're all <laughs> we're, we're all I into go to the movies. You fuck. Yeah, we're we're all into we're all into different things, and the thing is that because of that, we have a lot to talk about because we are friends, and and as evidenced by this here, this kind of first week is that I, you know nothing nothing has changed except the fact that I haven't had to write anything on the site, so it's. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but either way, it was not um, it was not an easy decision, and um, I I 
fall back on the fact that iFanboy has changed my life, changed your guys' life. Hopefully, everyone watching and everyone listening has changed their life. And well, you're, uh, you're not in. You're not going to this job without iFanboy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Nothing, nothing we're doing right now is happening without iFanboy. Is the exactly. important part. Yep. It is. It is the most important thing. Yep. Family aside, in our lives. Well, it is family. It's become family. That's the thing. That's true. That, I mean, yeah. That I mean, Lord knows, I've there have been many a family dinner that I've put off because I had to go publish the podcast. So, um, uh, and and with and with and with no regret, no regrets, and and every up and down and stuff like that. It has been the thing, like because we like when people don't realize that when we were doing this, all three of us were in shitty jobs that we didn't like, mm-hmm. and and we were able to somehow form this into some semblance of a job that could, you know, that could help it help, you know, that could, where this is all we could do and be involved in the comic book industry and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm, will be forever thankful for it. And it's honestly, it, it is right now, probably the, the, the greatest thing I've done in my life period. So I'm to to be proud of. Absolutely. Yeah. We took this thing that was a theoretical thing. Yep. 12 years ago. Let's do this. Let's do this website. That went nowhere. <laughs> it did for five years. It went nowhere. Yep. We had Gabe, we had Gabe as the only person coming to visit. Yep. The dude abides. And it became this bizarre thing. And we should all be proud of it. And Ron, you should be proud of it. You should be proud for dragging us into the podcasting world when we didn't know what the word podcast meant. And uh, we should all thank uh, World of Warcraft for bring, bringing us together. Yeah. And it's true, yeah. Honestly, if, if anything, this saved us from um, from another year, life of of, another year of World of Warcraft. That's for sure. But um, and and the important thing is, and the important thing is that this is not the end. Is that is that I have the utmost confidence in in you guys and in Paul, and you guys will continue to 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 kick ass, and will continue to kick ass, and someday someone on the Eisner committee will recognize us. And um, the important thing well. is when the books of the month start all being image books, it's just total coincidence. <laughs> and then we go silent. <laughs> no, no, honestly, and it's and it's funny because we are very much. Um, I hope people realize in going into this is that like, and and Josh and Connor can attest this. Like, I take I take all that very very seriously, and and to the point where actually, for people who don't know, like I am not the guy at Image who interacts with Josh and Connor and the other and Paul and the other websites. So like, it's true. It, it, it's it, Jennifer does that, and that's her job, and she does a great job at it, and all stuff like that behind the scenes um they are helping out figuring out strategy and all that sort of stuff but like i take it very very seriously and expect no expect no favors expect no nothing like that and everything that's got on fanboy is got got to be gone through the same filter that i helped the three of us that all three of us came to and that it's got to be our mantra has always been we cover stuff that we're into and so um if it doesn't ap- approach that i'm not i'm never gonna get angry or upset about that i can't so so josh you okay there you've been quiet i'm fine i'm good I'm my 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 instinct is to say uh, inappropriate things. <laughs> uh, that's a mask yeah. that I wear, and I didn't. Um, Ron, you have my W nine. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> no, that's all. That's all I was I was concerned about. The the important the important factor, and as Josh kind of referred to it and mentioned it, is that is that at three in the morning when I'm in trouble, I'm calling one of these guys or or Gordon. <laughs> and that's that, and that nothing will change. Nothing will change that, you know. So when I inevitably get arrested, Connor will be the one who's going to drive over from LA to bail me out. So fuck, that's a long drive, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, are, are we are we, are we, are we sappy? We held it together. We, we all right. Do, do we want to yeah. tell more stories, or we want to end it? 
Well, we should probably end the show and then maybe we can do a little bonus because I really got to pee. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's end the show. You can check out ifanboy.com for Ron's final pick of the review after 12 years, his final one, and the book of the month review, which will be done by Paul for the first time for someone else other than the three of us will do it next week. All the in-depth comic discussion, the news, J.J. Abrams is directing Star Trek, Star Wars, also Star Trek, <laughs> both of those. Not a wrong and statement. Also Starman as well, apparently. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and uh, all the important news and comics and discussions going on at ifanboy.com. You can also go to ifanboy.com slash about. You can see the news staff page. Fucker. Uh, and find our social network links, and you can follow us on Twitter at, at twitter.com slash ifanboy and on Facebook at facebook.com slash ifanboy. Uh, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. You can don't about, again, not about X-Men. And honestly, yeah, no not, more X-Men emails. Not about stuff about how things work because we don't know. <laughs> the irony of that is actually we <laughs> that might get better now. So anyway. <laughs> uh, you can also leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 3262697. Again, hopefully nothing goes wrong with that because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> And I'm, Listen, not interested, I'm not interested in learning. It's not one of those things. The irony is that I don't think I know how that works either anymore. <laughs> they just come. <laughs> you set something up in 2006, and yeah, then you yeah. just forget how it ended, yeah. and it's just like the credit card just gets billed, and I it just works. I don't know where the money comes from. <laughs> no, I certainly don't know any passwords. Um, and that's, that's that. Uh, and finally, if you enjoyed what we do, if you enjoy what we do on a weekly basis Shall you for free, you. for free, you motherfucker, um, go to iTunes, write a review, recommend this podcast, recommend iFanboy Don't Miss, recommend iFanboy Make, make Comics, um, all the great stuff, helps people discover the world of podcasts and stuff like that, and continue to help spread the word. You guys have been the best about telling your friends and bringing other people to iFanboy, um, so please come and... Uh, help spread the word and, and let it live on in my absence. And um, that said, I just need to thank Josh, Connor, Paul, everyone on the website, Gordon, Mike Romo, er, er, Jimski. I, I, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody who helps us out, everybody who has done any sort of favor for, for us or for me, everybody at the publishers, all the great creators that we've been able to meet and cultivate relationships with, all this crazy stuff that's happened. I can't thank everyone enough. It all comes back to this podcast. And so I can't thank you guys enough. And I only hope that um, I will uh, help uh, create some great entertainment for you over at Image Comics and you give it a shot and you give it a try and, and uh, stay with me. So thank you, everybody. Uh, so that said, for the last time for this week's show, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. You got me. <laughs> oh i love you josh josh is rubbing his eyes you can see it in the video oh i did so well yeah. so all right well that was that was that was uh that happened <laughs> i fan book story <laughs>
thing is, <laughs> when I'm sober and doing sober things like laundry or groceries or cleaning or whatever the fuck sober people do, I don't. It doesn't occur to me to tweet that when I'm. I would drinking. like you to. I would like you to realize everyone that he just said, whatever the fuck sober people do, with, 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 with demonstrable contempt. I'm just. Oh, my Lego Tie Fighter just fell down, <laughs> smashed everywhere, wow. and just and not on your dignity just came falling behind it. <laughs> oh, oh, it's kind of cool because now I get to put it back together. Oh boy. <laughs> And you make fun of us for reading all the superhero books. And our first review comes from Rusty Auto Parts. Rusty Auto Parts. Rusty Auto Parts. <laughs> <laughs> you went with a Sulu interpretation. <laughs> I saw I saw Rust, and then I saw Y A U, then I saw Top, and then I saw Arts. That's how I saw it. <laughs> Rusty Auto Parts. <laughs> Rusty auto farts. You read the title in the same pronunciation style. Oh, he's not even. It's not even spelled funny. You know, it's not even like rusty. You know, like it's just straight up rusty auto farts. And I totally saw rusty auto farts. It's called raining. Yeah. Clear sky. I'm out of here. You want tomorrow? Your ball needs air. Not my ball. You set the tone, Carter. What? Work on your jump shot. <laughs> <laughs>